Let me tell you a story about being poor. First of all, let me just say, <clears throat> I am mostly better from the non-COVID illness that I had. Um, I was coughing during the last podcast. It was a little embarrassing, but I seem to be back to normal. So let's proceed. I grew up with my mother and my grandmother. My parents got divorced when I was seven. Uh, I was living with my mom and my dad in New York City on Governor's Island, and um, my mom took me to my grandmother's house in Norwich, Connecticut. This was 1981, which was a long time ago. At the time, we did not have a lot of money. We had my mom's salary, which was about $10,000 a year, and my grandmother's alimony, and that was pretty much it. Now, I've said before that I got clothes in yard sales. They, they called them tag sales in Connecticut. They didn't call them yard sales. They called them tag sales. Um, you know, I remember stuff like we didn't have enough money to go to the hairdresser, so my grandmother was dyeing my mother's hair in the basement. You know, it just I have these images from childhood, and it kind of sticks with me. Now, there was a mall down the hill. It was called the Norwichtown Mall. And, you know, it was kind of a sea mall. Um, it had a Caldor, if you remember that store. Um, and a bunch of local stuff. It had an arcade. It actually had a pretty amazing arcade, considering this was Norwich, Connecticut. Two levels. There were probably 75 games in there. I mean, it was awesome. So I'm seven, eight, nine years old, and I used to go to the arcade all the time. I played a lot of different games. There was one game I used to like to play. It was called Cobra Command. Now, nobody remembers Cobra Command. If you remember Cobra Command, please send me an email. I want to hear from you. Now, this was a Laserdisc game. The first one was Dragon's Lair. It was a cartoon, Laserdisc game. Then Space Ace. Well, the third one was Cobra Command, which was like a, a battle helicopter game. Nobody remembers that one, and it was amazing. That game was amazing. And there were 10 different levels, and I kept playing that thing until I beat the whole game. And it would take like 45 minutes and I'd be all sweaty and it was the best thing of all time. So now what I used to do was, I, you know, I was eight or nine years old, so I didn't have any money. I guess I got an allowance of whatever, like a dollar or two dollars at the time. My grandmother used to give me quarters to go play video games. She used to give me two quarters. Now, if you have two quarters and that's all you have. You are going to get very good at playing video games. And I remember going into the arcade and there'd be kids and they'd have like 20 quarters stacked up on the game. And I'm like, you know, I just have two quarters. So I got really good at playing video games. And sometimes if I bombed and I got killed like early on, I would go back to my grandmother and I would ask for more quarters. And she would always say no. I think one time she gave me an extra quarter. But that was it. I got two quarters. So there's a lot of lessons here. Now, back then, a quarter was a lot of money. It really was. A quarter was a lot of money. If you were walking down the sidewalk and you dropped a quarter into the sewer, you were probably going to fish it out. Now, today, if you dropped a quarter into the sewer, you're like, ah, screw it. Like, it's just a quarter. Like, we've had that much inflation since then. My guess is we've had 800% inflation since then. You know, I'm more. I... I don't know. Um, and if you think about how useless change is nowadays, does anybody buy anything with change? 
No. Nobody buys anything with change. What you do is you go to Burger King and you get a double Whopper with cheese. And now the double Whopper with cheese is like 8 bucks, by the way. So you get a double Whopper with cheese for like $8.10. And they give you $0.90 cents in change. And you take the change and you put it in that little change holder in your car. Then at some point, you take the change out of the change holder and you put it in your jar at home. And then at some point, you take the whole jar to the grocery store and you stick it in the Coinstar which I'm happy to pay them 11 or 12%. I really am. So you put it in the Coinstar and that's it. You don't nobody buys anything with change. You know, like once every 2 years, I'll get 200 bucks at a Coinstar. And we need to radically rethink our money. Our money is stupid. We have the and when I say our money our currency, our currency is very very dumb. Okay? We need to get rid of the penny. Immediately, immediately, we need to get rid of the penny. The time that is wasted dealing with pennies far exceeds the economic value of these pennies. We do not need pennies. We probably don't even need the nickel. We can just go to the dime. And we need a dollar coin and we need two dollar coins. Okay. And the smallest bill will be a five. And we can put. You know, everybody, everybody's upset that, you know, Thomas Jefferson is on the $2 bill and nobody uses it. So great. We can put Jefferson on the $2 coin. A dollar has become so worthless. What can you buy with a dollar these days? They have these dollar stores that are raising prices. Now the dollar stores are selling stuff for $2. Vending machine down the hall in my office used to have sodas for a dollar and now they're $1.50. And by the way, vending machines these days have credit cards. People buy stuff in vending machines with credit cards, you know. And I think the vending machine industry is lobbying against having dollar coins because there's no other explanation for why we won't make a simple change to our currency that would improve everyone's life dramatically. In the old days, people would have a jingle in their pocket. They'd be standing there. They've had a hand in the pocket. They'd be jingling coins. Nobody does that anymore. I had a math professor in college. The guy had like 20 bucks slamming around in his pocket. He had this, this huge pocket full of change. People don't carry change anymore. And you need the $2 coin too, like Canada. Canada has the loony and the toonie. We need a $2 coin. Canada has great money. They really do, not just the coins. But also the bills, which are plastic, they're polymer, right? And a lot of people make fun of the plastic money, but the plastic money is really great. The plastic money is indestructible. The only, the only thing you can do to the plastic money is leave it in your jeans and stick your jeans in the dryer and it melts. You know, but aside from that, and by the way, you can get those bills replaced too. If you, if you bring up the bill to a bank, they can replace it for you. So the other thing about our money is that it's really tough on blind people because all our bills are the same size. So if you're blind and you get your wallet and you're going to buy something in a store, you can't tell what bill is what. Any other G10 country, you look at their currency, all the bills are different sizes. So when I went to Greece last summer, it was like they had the five-euro note and the 10-euro note and the 20-euro note and the 50-euro note. They were all different sizes. So, so people can tell them apart. I have no problem saying that we have really dumb money. In Switzerland, there is no penny. Okay, they got rid of the penny. The nickel is the penny. 
And there's coins up to five Swiss francs. So they actually have a five Swiss franc coin. And the smallest bill is 10 Swiss francs. And the biggest bill is a thousand Swiss francs. So if, if you have coins that are up to five Swiss francs, you can buy a snack or pay for parking with just loose change. And yes, it is ridiculous that we still have the penny. And I think it's because people like Abraham Lincoln, but just put them on the dollar coin. So I don't know how we got on this topic, but let's get off of it. I was talking about being poor and having two quarters to play video games. You see, when you make money, you don't even think about that scarcity anymore. You don't. If, if I want to go out to dinner, I go out to dinner. I do not think about the money. If dinner costs 70 or 80 bucks, I spend zero time thinking about the money that dinner costs. You want to buy something on Amazon? I had to buy cat flea medicine the other day. Two months worth or two, I don't know, like two months worth. Cat flea medicine. I have six cats, 150 bucks. And I don't think about it. I just click the button and I buy it, you know. There's no more economic decision-making at this point. I just bought a fantastic pair of speakers for my studio, 3200 bucks. Fantastic pair of speakers, QSC, 15-inch. They're amazing. They will peel the skin off your face. They're so loud. I love these things. 3200 bucks. Now, I was like, okay, that's a lot of money, but... You know, I like my hobby and screw the money. I don't really care about the money because I, I like the speakers. So there is, ever think about how insane it is, how much money there is floating around out there? Here in Myrtle Beach, real estate transactions, 30% of them are all cash. I mean, this is stuff you used to see in Miami. You know, I actually shopped for condos in Miami one time and the real, you know, the, I told the real estate agent I was going to get a mortgage. He's like, oh, this is going to be the first mortgage I've done in four years. I'm like, what are you talking about? He says, all my transactions are cash. Now in Myrtle Beach, which is not a rich place, not 30% of the transactions are in cash. Where is this money coming from? And then, you know, I got monkey hammered on taxes this year. And I've heard about a lot of people getting monkey hammered on taxes this year. People had a great 2021. So here's a question. Isn't this prosperity when people are making all this money way out of proportion to their intelligence or work ethic? Isn't this prosperity where everybody is rich? No, it's not prosperity. Prosperity is when people are making money, working and producing things rather than speculating in the financial markets, because that's fake prosperity. And that's a function of a lot of things, mostly what the Fed has been doing, printing money and keeping interest rates at zero. It feels like prosperity, but it really isn't. A couple years ago, I wrote a piece for Bloomberg called Money Has Lost Its Meaning. And I talked about this in some detail, and it was the early part of the pandemic when we were handing out trillions of dollars of free money. And there's something that goes on in crowd psychology when you start handing out pallets of cash because people lose the connection between work and value. If money is easy, you don't respect it as much. And this is the environment which I'm trying to teach personal finance when money is easy. How do you restore us to a time when money is hard, easy, you raise interest rates a lot, 
And by doing that, you encourage savings. If you can get 8% in a bank account, you're not going to be speculating on stuff. You know, I'm serious. <laughs> you're going to be putting it in the bank and saving. And maybe we'll get there over time, but not soon. See, right now we're not encouraging saving. We're encouraging borrowing. And interest rates have gone up a little bit and people are still borrowing. 5% mortgages haven't scared anyone. So I am somewhat hopeful that we will figure this out. If we don't, the consequences will be very severe. In the meantime, I'm going to be rocking out to the new QSC speakers. I was playing them the other night until my ears were ringing. Thanks for listening to the Be Smart Podcast. I'm Jared Dillian. See you next time.